This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Forever Dog Rose and Jamie are two best friends And they love sex and the city And they couldn't help but wonder Do you love it too? Carrie, Miranda, Samantha, Charlotte, Cosmos, cheese, So many dudes. Every little dude All the dudes And we couldn't help but wonder With Jamie Lee and Rose Cerno. I'm Jamie Lee. And I'm Rose Cerno. And this is Couldn't Couldn't Help Help But Wonder. Wonder. A podcast where we talk about sex and the city and how it relates to us. us. Hello, Jamie Lee. Oh my God. I love your lipstick. Oh, thanks. Now that the pandemic is like kind of less masky, I'm doing a lot of lip. That makes sense, right? Because it would just like come off on your surgical mask before. Yeah, no one could ever see. It's a little gross. It's really like time for lipstick right now. Yeah, that's true. Lipstick is having a moment. I guess, yeah, all of the like lower face makeup. Well, that's really just lipstick, right? You could also do experimental chin makeup if you wanted. Yeah. Yeah, you could outline your chin shadows. You could dip your chin in glitter. It's a great plan. Add a mole. Yeah, like yeah, we could hair. add some moles. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. A just smattering get, like, of moles like, on the chin. Cut <laughs> off just like one eyelash from an eyelash strip, and then just like stick it to yes. your chin, just like jutting out. I can finally show off all my weird moles on my chin. Oh, my chin finally. moles. Did you ever get into that trend of adding yes. freckles to your face? I didn't do freckles, but for a long okay. time, I added a sexy dot above my lip, and I actually would do it to this day. I just got lazy. I think it looks amazing. I think that's like wow. a legit thing. Yeah, it's very I sexy. I love that. Yeah, you just okay. use your brown, like like a little brown pencil, and you just yeah. make a little Cindy Crawford thing, a small one. It looks great. There, um, there's this like makeup artist that I was kind of following on YouTube and she does like a whole smattering of freckles like across her nose. It does look really good. I just, I don't know why I feel crazy adding freckles. Like I just, I don't know. Conceptually, I just have a hard time. I feel like if it looks good, it's almost just like putting on a pair of earrings. It's just like just trying something for the day. It's just interesting like to add like skin, like a skin thing that doesn't <laughs> exist on you. It would be funny to add skin tags, like skin tags became popular. <laughs> I would be like the bell of the ball. I have like a weird skin tag on my neck, and oh I'm like, god. am I supposed to rip this off myself or go to the oh derm? Oh my god, you gotta go to the derm. Gotta I derm know. it up. Um, yeah, Rose, who, who are hell? you this week? Oh no. That's yep. okay, you go first. Throwing it back, throwing Beat it back. Beat me to it. Um, I have to say, I think I'm a carry. 
gay? Because I just feel like hot. Sounded like I said gay. I said K. <laughs> I mean, gay, K, it's gay. all good. <laughs> K is what I said. I mean, Carrie is just very notable for having like a really fun dating and love life. Like, yes, she has some pitfalls and yes, she has big. But like, sure. ultimately, she seems like she's having quite a lot of fun all, all the time. I agree. And I feel like I've been having a lot of fun dating and I really feel like I'm having a hot girl summer and I'm just like, <gasps> yeah, I'm just having fun. I just feel like very, I just don't feel pressured about like meeting my partner. I just feel like I'm having fun and enjoying myself. Oh, that's so good. Well, I mean, we really were like in our houses. So I feel like this is a time when like, we're just grateful to be like seeing people and interacting with people and like not just sitting in our apartments. Like yeah, last night, I have a lot of gratitude. I'm living in a, in a space of gratitude right now. I agree with that. I took a walk with a with a casual friend of mine, not like a super close friend. And I, ha- you know, it was a beautiful day. We were like ready to take a walk. And the entire time she was just like aggro about politics and, you what? know, and <laughs> just like, That's just like nice. Yeah, I was like, bitch, I'm vaccinated. The sky is blue. You you can't always be angry about everything. Like, you have to celebrate the wins and the joy. You can't just, like, live in shit. Yeah, and life coming back is a win. Yes. Massive. It's it's so much better than We had nothing. We were dying. Like you don't come out of war and go, like, well, you know, also this is happening. It's like, no, you go, we're going to have fun. So it was a weird walk, but... I have to say, yesterday I was like chatting with this guy and mm-hmm. he was like, do you want to just like meet right now? And I was oh. like, I'm not usually very spontaneous. And I was like in my PJs. I'm usually a planner. Mm-hmm. But I was like, you know what? Yeah. And I just like took 10 minutes and just like put on a face and met up and had a great time. He's very hot. We like wow. he suggested we take photo booth photos. and We made out in the photo booth and just <gasps> like had a fun time that is very hot girl summer where, where what was this bar like it set the edendale. scene for me it was edendale oh so it was yeah that's a hot bar that's a hot fun. bar we had a great time and just like even being out and at a bar i'm just like oh wait this is on the table again it just made me really happy oh uh, yeah i feel like i carry like, this is a summer carry for me yeah that's great yeah may we all be carries coming out of the pandemic that's I like so it's a good goal just to be social and have a blast fluttering around yeah, and having like, a great time you know, wearing cute clothes again. I really love fashion. And yeah. this is fun. Dressing yeah. up and feeling cute. Who are you this week? I guess I'm a little bit of... I guess I'm a little bit of a Miranda. I feel like Miranda's the one, the only one that, like, exercises of the group. <laughs> um, she's the only one who's, like, going to the gym, I think, um, of all of them. I guess, you know, Charlotte does her running. Um, but, yeah, Carrie just somehow miraculously has... Chiseled zero negative body fat yeah and does and just does no physical activity and drinks like a horse amazing yes exactly (laughs) um but i went for on sunday i went for a hike which i know you know it was it was supposed to be like just a casual kind of slow mosey around a lake and it ended up being a fucking rock climbing expedition Mm. we got incredibly lost where were you guys (laughs) um i don't know i i I know it was not the city it was like out of the city we drove out of the city i don't know where we were i think we were on the border of new york and new jersey i don't know the town but 
Yeah, it's just it was just very funny to me. Like, I just I had not planned. I mean, I was happy, I guess, at the end because I was like, wow, that was like a really intense workout. Like, I was not anticipating that. And then I ate a burger afterwards, which felt great. But yeah, it was just like, yeah, it was full on, like literally full body climbing, like stepping, like lifting my leg up to climb to the next rock. Like my foot was like next to my cheek. That's hard. It was crazy. Yeah. And we were completely we had a map on our phones um, that had the trail delineated. And I guess like there was no service. So we ended up just going way off the trail. And finally, this like youth group came along and they were like, hey, you guys seem lost. And we were like, we are. And they were like, follow us. And we literally just like hiked with um like a bunch of like. Like Jesus fish. Oh, yeah it was cute it was cute and they were like really really helpful because it was funny like it was a it was a christ mirror it was like a christ it was it was miracle. a christmas miracle and it was very funny because these kids were like i don't know 12 13 like kids that age could look at us and be like ew like they're old you know and like not i mean they wouldn't say that but like they wouldn't be cool to us necessarily and these kids were like Hey guys, over here, like follow us, you know? Oh, and I was like, God, these are the nicest kids. Like they were just so nice. And I was like, oh my God, when I was 12, I was such a little asshole. I was like Daria. I didn't think anything was cool. Like I was definitely going through stuff like identity crisis. And these kids are just like so well adjusted, just like navigating the forest as a group, like very wholesome. It was just very funny. I'm glad yeah. you were so anyways. saved by. By people who are on a mission to save. Me too. Yeah. Jesus are you Christian saves now? I, I yeah. This is my way of yeah, telling. Did they have any pamphlets for you? Yeah. Yeah. Do you I have any? Are, is you horny for Jesus today? Yep. Horny for Jesus. That's my new bumper sticker on my Camry. I don't have a Camry. Um. But yeah. So that was um. That's why I was a Miranda. Nice. I have to say. Obviously, yeah. there's a lot to talk about on this episode. I watched the second half this morning and we're going to go through a bit by bit. You know, obviously, Skylar always writes our fabulous recaps and we're going to really dive in. But two thoughts right off the bat. Mm. The fashion is fucking outstanding. There is an right. outfit that Miranda wears that is like this blue jacket with a mustard turtleneck and then knee-high white leather boots it is incredible mm. she looks out wait what scene is that i don't remember that mm. do you remember what the context was no i just remember okay. being like miranda has truly never looked better and then twice carrie's wearing this really great little white shift dress with a little feathery jacket and she just yeah, has never looked I better i love that look i love the feathery jacket it looks i love so like a bodycon just like adorned with feathers so good. And then secondly, I know we're, I don't mean to skip ahead, but I just, I cannot wait one more second. Tell me. The scene where they haven't seen Samantha and she's wearing like a slightly midriff shirt and they're all like, <gasps> I and know. I, and I remember watching and being like, what are we gasping out? And they're like, your huge gut. And I'm like, where's the gut it is like no it's it that is one crazy. millimeter of fat i mean i, I just agree. think it is the most like body dysmorphic like like for anyone who's actually fat it's like 
I mean, it's offensive across the board, but I mean, they're like, I mean, it's like some mean Jewish grandma, like my grandma, your grandma, where it's like she probably gained like four ounces or something. There's no fat there. Yeah. It's also I think that the larger thing is why who decided that that was going to be a story point? Like, we don't need that. Like, it doesn't add anything. It's not like it becomes a larger arc. It's like just mean. It's so mean. And you know what? Now that I'm thinking of it, there's levels of cruelty. Like, for example, to show somebody who has like a ridiculous body who doesn't look overweight at all and have all of her friends be like a bunch of body dysmorphic. Like you didn't tell us you became a big fat cow since we've seen you as totally <laughs> insane. But now that I think about it, it wouldn't have been any better if she had gained 50 pounds. I mean, it's really a sick thing to say to your friend. Like they're all, oh, like, yeah, they're all acting like these like mothers from the 1950s who are like, who will marry you now? You disgusting pig. Know. You know, it's like I crazy. Know. It is crazy. And it's just so unnecessary. It's like the movie did not need it. And we talked about this last episode, but like, this this movie is just so much like it kind of just keeps going. It feels like one long, long, long episode. It's like that. Which feels I like love. such a, Of course, of course. But that that feels like such an obvious cut. Like we just don't need it. Like we can showcase Samantha coming back from L.A. in a different way. It doesn't have to be like reducing her by her size, like cutting her down. I also think it's that, just so strange. So you know, strange. What I a feel choice. like. I feel like there is also, you know, I think weight gain is really in the zeitgeist right now because like most people have gained weight the last year. Like Mm -hmm. it's very, very common. I think a lot of people are struggling with weight coming out of the pandemic. And I don't think it's, I don't think it's an inappropriate storyline to be like, my relationship is going really bad. I'm turning to food and I'm gaining weight. That actually to me is okay. I think what's not okay are the friends being like, have you seen a mirror? I mean, how could you not see that gut? It's like the fat shaming is crazy. I agree with that. I will say, I don't think they need that storyline because they have that storyline already with Miranda eating the cake out of the garbage when she's not having sex. That's true. It's similar. Like, I don't think we, yeah, I really just, it feels like Redundant. repetitive to me. And like, it's the meaner version of that storyline. It's just weird. Cause it's like, we love these girls and they're such good friends to each other. So it's just, it's just kind of crazy that if you were having relationship problems and like, maybe your skin got bad or you were like, your hair was thinning to have your friends get in a circle and gang up on you about. Right. It. And be like the thing you're insecure about. We also notice it. So you're right to feel insecure. It's oh, like wow. the worst feeling. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mm -hmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Anyways, okay, okay, let's dive in. Let's dive in. Let's dive back in to the first Sex in the City movie. We pick back up with Sex in the City, the movie, with Carrie and Big hooking up at his place after the core four's coloring hang. Over in Los Angeles, Smith surprises Samantha with quite the package. He was the person bidding on her flower ring in New York, and he has it for her in his underwear. She wants to make sure it's not a diamond ring. It's a ring with diamonds. 
It is, so they're good to go, and Smith heads to bed. While he sleeps, Samantha finds out she has a new neighbor by spotting him in the middle of some very athletic sex. Back in New York, Big has a surprise. He built Carrie her dream closet at the penthouse. Later, Charlotte, Miranda, and Lily help Carrie pack up her place. It's sold fast, so she has to get moving. As they pack, they get a knock on the door. Samantha couldn't let the apartment go without a send-off, so she flew out from Los Angeles and she brought champagne. The core four plus Lily run through Carrie's closet, deciding what to keep and what to toss in quite the montage, which we did talk about last episode. Yeah, fabulous fashion. They also, I just I just love that they close with Carrie wearing the... um. The the like the tutu from the uh, yeah. from the theme song. That was yeah. such a great great move. Also, like you know, kids should be into whatever they were into. But I was the girliest kid, and like I had paper dolls and Barbie dolls, and just like putting different outfits on someone oh, is like yeah. a living fantasy for me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, later in Brooklyn, Steve and Miranda are sitting down to have a conversation when Steve admits he slept with someone else. He apologizes and apologizes, but Miranda does not want to hear it. She meets up with the core four to discuss and says that she is absolutely done with Steve. Samantha wants to make sure Miranda really wants to end things. And she says she has to end things. She cannot ever trust him again. Back at Charlotte's, she and Harry have some drama-free sex. Carrie and Big, meanwhile, have an argument. Their contractor keeps pushing their move-in date and the wedding keeps growing in size even though Big would have been happy to just go to City Hall. Carrie wishes he had said something earlier, but it's too late. They are planning a pretty, pretty big wedding. Everyone heads to the rehearsal dinner where Samantha gives a speech. Unfortunately, she gets interrupted by a jerk from Big's firm, who Samantha tells to shut the hell up. Afterwards, Steve shows up uninvited to talk to Miranda. She's been avoiding his calls and he's desperate. But it doesn't matter. She doesn't want to talk to him. And she's even angrier than she was before. Back inside, Miranda bumps into Big and tells him that he's absolutely crazy to get married. It never works. After the rehearsal dinner, the core four plus Lily hang out when Carrie gets a phone call. Hello? It's me. Oh, my God. Did you just hear Lily? I need to talk. Uh, What? I'm sitting here trying to write these vows, and is this something we really want to do? (laughs) Hey, you you know what, you guys, it's big. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take it. Get some sleep, groomy! (laughs) (laughs) What's the matter? It's just, everything is great as it is. I don't want to screw it up. You won't. I screwed it up twice before. Here's the thing. This is me you're marrying tomorrow. Me. It's nobody else. Yeah. And I'm marrying you. It's me and you. And do you want to hear the great news there? Yeah. We've both already done everything we can to screw it up. Is that a smile I'm hearing? Yeah. Sounds to me like you've got a bit of writer's block on the vow front. Yeah. And I find, you know, as a professional writer, that it's it's best to just, you know, just 
stop thinking about it so much and go to bed and... And in the morning? You'll know what to do. Exactly. And if not, then just write this. I will love you. Simple, to the point, and I swear I won't even try to take credit for it. So you're gonna go to bed now, right? Okay. Good night. I'll see you tomorrow. And hey, it's me and you. I actually think she handled that really well. She did. Yeah, and it's, I think they did a good job of bringing up like, uh-oh, wedding jitters without tipping it too much because it feels like good open communication. Like, I remember when I was in my 20s, a friend of mine from work was getting married and he was telling me he was nervous, even though him and his girlfriend had been dating for like six years or seven years. And, and he said that he told his wife who was not his wife yet. I'm nervous. And she goes, I am too. And they like mm. really bonded over being like, oh my God, you're the last person to sleep with for the rest of my life. Doesn't that scare you? Hell yes. And it was like really amazing that they just both could have this super open conversation and it kind of helped them both be like, okay, we're both scared and that's okay. And that's sort of what I think this is. It's like, as much as we're like, oh, Big's getting cold feet. I think he's doing everything right in a relationship, which is you're getting a little nervous, but you're sharing that with your partner. You're not keeping it. So mm. up until this point, I think it's totally OK and normal. Like, I think a lot of people have jitters before weddings, you know? Hmm. Yeah, I uh, I mean, I guess I agree with that, but I do feel like in your friend's case, that's amazing. And like, I agree with you. I think that the sharing is such a big part of a relationship and like just making sure the communication is there and you're not hiding anything from each other. That all tracks. I think that in the case of big, this is a moment where I just feel very unstable watching him. I feel like, I don't know. I I don't, when I watch him, it doesn't read to me as like, Oh good. He's sharing. It reads to me like, this guy like can never fucking get it together. Like he is never a hundred percent in like his hundred percent in to me is like 80%. I don't know. Yeah. I, I especially, and I have not gotten married, so I really don't know what's standard, but I, I, to your point, him, is it normal to write your vows the night before? That feels like a, like, should have been done a little bit further in advance. It feels like a... Everyone's different about vows, though. Some people okay. really that... take a long time, and some people are like, I'm just going to read a poem someone else wrote. Like Interesting. Okay. I think, uh, yeah, I, I know what you mean, though, Sky. I feel like, yeah, I don't... I, to me, that part... Well, if it were Carrie writing her vows last minute, that wouldn't be weird to me, because she's a writer, and she would, like, just figure it out and be great. But yeah, I guess with him, it is a little like, all right, well, yeah, I just kind of kind of saving it to the last minute, are we like, I think with him, it it carries more weight than the average person, because I remember like I wrote my vows kind of like while I was at my wedding, maybe the day before. Yeah, it was the day before. And so did Dan, I think. Yeah. Yeah, because we were busy leading up to it. So we kind of couldn't think about it. Yeah, I think that that sounds normal for someone who's a writer, exactly as your point to yeah, Carrie, yeah. Carrie could pull it off. But like I, for somebody who isn't a writer, that just sounds like, oh, we're just going to add a bunch of stress to something I'm not terribly adept at. And it feels right. like the sort of thing that speaks to like, oh, Big is freaking out and it's kind of 
bizarre that he's yeah. the ways he's freaking out. Not to defend Big too hard, but like he never wanted a big wedding. Like it, mm-hmm. he was very clear that he wanted a city hall wedding. So I think leaving this to the last minute is in line with what he thinks about weddings. He's not an excited, mm-hmm. blushing bride. He loves Carrie. She's no, his he's life. Not. She's his life partner, but he's probably in his fifties at this point. It's his third marriage. It has nothing to do with not loving Carrie. It's just, it's a bigger, the pomp and circumstance is not interesting to him. Totally. And I don't think he's excited about that part of it, which I don't think speaks to his commitment to her as a person, personally. Totally. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. also think that like, Yeah, I think it's that thing of if there's anything you have to bring up to your partner, like say you were like, oh, man, I actually want to like open up our relationship. Or what if I don't like maybe there's something you're scared to bring up. I think when people just even bring it up and then the partner is really cool about it, it just calms everything down. And Carrie was so cool about it. I think that being said, there were some unsaid things on that phone call. I think Big didn't say all of his fears. I think if he were a thousand percent honest with himself, he would say, I don't really want to have this big wedding. It's really not me. I find it almost embarrassing. And can we please just do our original idea? I think if he had been a little braver, he would have said that. And I also think Carrie, if she had been a little braver, would have been like, she was being really happy go lucky. I think that was, yeah, so, so fake. I I felt like I could hear her voice being like, it's good. Yeah, no, just, (laughs) just right. You will love me. Like, I just felt like it was so desperate underneath it. Well, that's the thing. It's like, it's kind of like when you just hear what you want to hear from somebody and like pressure them to do things, then it's not your fault if things don't work, but you aren't really listening to what's being said. Like. She was kind of steamrolling it. Like, everything's fine. Just, like, button up your shirt instead of being but like. Here's, here's the question, though. Like, this is what I'm wondering is, OK, I agree. We know Big did not want a big wedding. Mm-hmm. It, I, he, it's his third marriage. All yeah. those things are true. And I actually don't have an answer for this. I'm posing it to both of you. Does that mean that you, like, if the wedding isn't looking how you want it to look, does that mean Cold feet? Like, I get it. It's not, you know, it's not necessarily the way he would want to do it, but he loves Carrie. So it's kind of like, look, man, like you just have to rally like you have to rally and you you have each other and you know, you have a great relationship. Like, yeah, maybe it's like a little more blown out than you were hoping, but you were going to just go to Mexico and like be alone together for whatever, a week right after. So you get plenty of alone time. I don't know. There's just a little bit of like about being flexible and going with the punches. We haven't gotten to what happens yet. So maybe we readdress this in a couple of. Mm-hmm. Are we going to mm-hmm. do a clip about. Not the actual like hitting, but we get the we get the clip where she where he couldn't get out of the car. OK, so in I think Mexico. Let's, let's address. OK, this we'll save it. We'll save it. We'll save it. We'll save it. Which brings me to do we talk about the fact that Steve cheated on Miranda? Well, it's it's right here like this is and we get with there's the third clip addresses the Steve cheating a little bit, too. Okay, great. So we won't have to. I I just wanted to make sure we discussed it. But I also think that, like, to your point, that's something that does bump me about this movie. Also, with like the Samantha uh, gaining weight element where it's like we have so many storylines in this two and a half hour movie that not everything feels like it's beaten out in the way that is like ideal where Steve's revelation of his cheating just it's it's actually really funny what like the sequence of it because he's just sitting at the table with the like most hangdog i'm sad i did something wrong yep. face and it's like 
out of nowhere and it's like oh he cheated it's like it who, does who make do we think sense he slept with oh, i mean we never they never talk about random it in the movie. Girl at the bar yeah because okay. that's also how he and miranda met like like she was just a random girl that he hit on at the bar i suspect that like now he's the hot shot older guy who owns the bar he can really clean up with the random bar women <laughs> can i ask you guys something if you had a really really close friend who did not prioritize sex with their partner and was like mm-hmm. very flippant and even a little insulting about like, hurry up, let's get it done. And yeah. was just like, yeah. And then you found out that that friend's husband or wife had sex with someone else. How would mm-hmm. you like, you never want to tell your friend this was your fault and it's no one's fault. Somebody has to make their own decision. But like, I know you, what you mean. Would you, I know yeah. what you, mean. Would you in I your know. heart kind of be like, it's not a hundred percent their fault in a way. I would definitely, I think like if you were in this situation and you're married to Steve yeah. and you guys had a great relationship and you're, you're, you were in more than a dry spell, months yeah. and months and months of no sex. Um, I think I would feel comfortable enough to be like, listen, what he did is terrible, but I, I think we have to look at this from all sides. I would definitely want to tell you that. That's a really nice diplomatic way to say that. Yeah, where it comes from, I think that I think my response would be like, it sounds like there's something broken in your guys's yes. sexual dynamic. Yes. And he right. went and sought something else for which is not right. That's not what he should have done. But, but he did come the dynamics broken immediately. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah. To me, it's like, I really hope I never get cheated on. But if you have to, it was like he's not in love with someone else. He's not dating somebody. He's not writing love no. notes. It's like. He was horny. He made a horrible mistake and he instantly felt bad. I feel like it's almost the worst, the best version of being cheated on possible. Like, I agree. I think it's, yeah, it, it, <laughs> yeah, know, it is the, no, like Steve's cheating is the best possible kind of cheating. It's not like I have a crush or this girl's just like you, but all the things. No, it's better. like, I fucking love you. You're my everything. I miss <laughs> I mean, having sex with you. Yes. Yes. I miss having sex with you. I wish you missed having sex with me. Yes. It's exactly right. It's also like, we love Steve so much. If you're going to cheat, cheat the Steve way. Like, he's so, oh, yeah. He's, he's so charming Steve. about it. Yeah. I also have to say, based on what I've seen of Steve and Miranda having sex, there's no way that random sex was better than what they have together. Oh, absolutely. Their sex is electric. Ooh, it is. Gets it good is in the end, too. Chemicals in the beaker bubbling over. It is. It is the best sex there ever was yeah if that's what porn was trust me i'd be watching it <laughs> oh i love their sex me too okay so the morning of the wedding carrie makes her big exit in her vivian westwood dress which side note i think of all the dresses she tried on it wasn't my favorite um mm. yeah and i thought that the way they did her hair made her look dowdy but sorry that's just me and she also gets a call Big's freaking out. Unfortunately, it's not Carrie who picks up her phone. It's little six-year-old Lily who picks it up and stuffs it into her little cupcake handbag. So Carrie has no idea that he called. She has no idea where her phone is. Carrie and the rest of the core four file into the limo and Big keeps calling and calling, but no one picks up. At the library, Anthony is panicking. Carrie and Big are late. Carrie pulls up outside the library. She goes in. And Big is not there. And it turns out that he is not going to go inside because he feels like he can't go through with this. And that is completely fucking devastating. So Carrie flips out and she's like, get me out of here. Get me out of here. And she heads out of the library into the street. So basically this whole time, Big has just been parked outside 
Yeah, Big is parked outside. He won't go inside the library. Exactly. And he calls Carrie to tell her that. And she freaks out. And he's watching her freak out and get hustled out. And he instantly feels like shit and realizes this is a huge mistake. He makes his limo turn around to come back and get her. And as he does, he sees Carrie passing in her limo and stops. He starts to apologize, but Carrie is not having him. She beats the fuck out of him with her flower bouquet. And it's really emotional and intense. And they both leave in their separate cars. Also, Kristen Davis is like, no, no. I love what she I screams. love that. And then she does her little walk because her dress is so tight. She's she can't so really move her legs. So she's like teeny tiny little clip clop steps back to the car. That's so that's such funny physical comedy. She's incredible. Um, OK, so back at Charlotte's. Now we are post non-wedding because it didn't <laughs> happen. Back at Charlotte's. Carrie drinks and tries to figure out her next move. Her things are at the penthouse, and now she doesn't even have her apartment to go back to. Plus, she booked their honeymoon as a surprise, and now that is a waste, too, because she can't go on her honeymoon because she's not married. Yeah, the whole thing is a huge disaster. Her perfect day with all these, like, Vogue photographers and amazing amounts of guests. It's just the most humiliating thing, and Carrie is just absolutely depressed. As Carrie drinks, Miranda pulls Charlotte aside. Miranda feels terrible about what she said to Big at the rehearsal dinner when she said you guys are crazy to get married because she was so upset about Steve. Miranda starts to feel like it's all her fault. Is she to blame for him not showing up? Charlotte says no, but she also says not to tell Carrie right now because Miranda doesn't like keeping secrets. And she's like, should I tell Carrie? And Charlotte is like, this is not the time. Yeah, Carrie's way too fragile. Exactly. She's just like, couldn't handle it. Samantha, meanwhile, decides to turn lemons into lemonade and she buys everybody tickets so they can all go on Carrie's honeymoon together as a core four because they are just too worried about like leaving Carrie alone. So they make it to Mexico where Charlotte, Miranda and Samantha hide all signs of romance, like all of the rose petals on the bed, all of like the welcome things they do for honeymooners. They get rid of all of it so Carrie doesn't have to see it. And when they get to the hotel, Carrie does not give a shit that she's in Mexico. She just climbs straight into the hotel bed and she stays there for like days and days and days. Carrie finally emerges and goes and hangs out with everybody. She notices that Charlotte is eating a pudding cup because she's afraid of eating the food in Mexico. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the craziest storyline. Yeah. Um, and Samantha is like ripping on Miranda for not getting a bikini wax. And the pubes I mean, you know, amazing. her pubes were really coming out of her <laughs> so It was quite fuzzy. It was like an old man's beard. It was like the character shop at like the Muppet studio. There were, yeah, it was like two little mustaches on the side of her bathing suit. Everyone catches up later for dinner. He couldn't get out of the car. Mm. After 10 years of what he already put me through, he couldn't make the effort and get out of the car. I made the effort. I put a bird on my head. Is that what that was? Yeah. I think it was feathers. It was a bird. It was beautiful. It's a bad guy. Always was. Bad guys do bad things. And good guys do bad things. The good guys screw you, and the bad guys screw you. And the rest of them don't know how to screw you. Trust me, I've done the legwork. After everything I know, after 20 years of everything we've learned, 
I threw it all away for the thrill of putting his name on the honeymoon suite. If I met me now, I wouldn't know me. As long as we're going down this road, I can't believe that my life revolves around a man. On what planet did I allow that to happen? But you love mm. him. Does that mean saying his name 50 times more a day than I say my own? Does it mean worrying about him and his needs before me and mine? Is it all mm. about the other person? Is that love? No, that's marriage. Even this ring. I wanted to buy this for myself. That meant something to me, to be able to do that. And then he buys it for me. Because he knew how much you loved it. Yes, but now every time I look down at it, I see him, not me. Love that. Mm. Love that. We'll take another round. <laughs> we're on vacation. Well, technically, we're on my honeymoon. No, I think we're on their honeymoon. Yeah, it's all so hot, three days in. <laughs> <laughs> you know what i have to say i'm jumping a little but i'm really happy about the samantha storyline not not the like rampant fat shaming but about her problems in her relationship because what is creeping up for samantha in this movie which is not what happened in the show is that at her core, people grow and change. They definitely do. But her essential self is not really a, being a settled down partner. And she tried it and got a lot out of it and has grown a lot. Yeah. But it's not what she loves. And I think that's so honest and cool. And I think that is a great storyline for the movie. Because otherwise, if you just end it at the show, it's like, it's like Samantha's a wild woman who think she just wants to have fun but at the end of the day she learns that just like every other woman she really does need a serious monogamous hetero normative relationship right. and it's kind of right. like a cop out of that story like yeah yeah i think um i mean that monologue was incredible and i also i really love the idea of these characters like coming back to sort of the reason that they are who they are like that really that monologue really defines Samantha's point of view. Mm -hmm. And it's just very refreshing, especially when you're really just listening to the audio. You're like, oh, shit. Like, it's so refreshing to just have a character, have a character or a real person who just like knows themselves that well and unapologetically. And yeah, I just thought, I don't know. It's just like really refreshing to just hear someone who knows what they want and need. I agree completely. I mean, it's so interesting because it's like we live in this culture where it's like, look what he bought me. Look at this thing yeah. he bought me. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's nice to get your partner things. But like that is such a twist that I don't even think I've seen since this movie to have a woman go. I agree. I actually wanted to buy it for myself. Mm -hmm. I actually that was part of the joy of it for me. Can I say yeah. one small thing about the ring, too? Oh, please. It's <laughs> so, so well, but the thing that Smith 
is the one bidding against Smith is just they're just driving up the price together. Like it's the craziest thing. Oh my god, Skylar, that's so funny. He's making it so much worse for her. Yeah, it's like it's what what is the game here? It's like look at how much same money. You're a couple. Yeah. Yeah, it's like look at how much I spent to prevent you from getting the thing you wanted in the way you wanted it. Yeah, agreed. It's that is a very good point. It's so weird. You're not getting what you want is worth sixty thousand dollars to me. Yeah. It's like, I can afford to deny you the thing you want on your terms. I have to say, even though this is a really sad moment for Carrie and she's so depressed and you can feel it feels like it's played really real. Like she's that kind of. I feel like I am going through a breakup with this entire sequence. All of the Mexico stuff, the sleeping in, the not getting up, like especially when Samantha feeds her, I think, yogurt it is or whatever. And she's just like so weak. She can't even feed herself. Like all of that just feels so visceral. Like We've been there. I know. We've all been there when it's just so depressing. Yes, it's so, I think it's such an excellent depiction yes. of what it's like to be heartbroken. Depressed. Yes, exactly. And I think that's all so well done. But I also have to say it's, that's why I just, I really love this movie. I just really do. I really enjoy watching it because it's, it's also this movie, as everyone who's ever watched it and enjoyed it has said a million times, I'm not saying anything new. It's a love story about friends, period. Yes, it's a rom-com and we're watching them date, but all of that is just excuses for them to get together. And the fact that these four adult women in their 30s, 40s, and 50s are taking time out of their lives to be in Mexico together, it is like such a family move it is like so aspirational to have friends at that age that. who put you ahead of everything work family it's like if you need them they like, literally go on a honeymoon with you because you mm-hmm. can't go with your partner they're like you're not going to miss the honeymoon just because this guy was a fucking douche to me like more than like oh i watched this show and it makes me want to have a relationship like this it's like it makes you want to have a relationship like this core four this is the yes. ideal relationship of the show is friends that would do that and it's like even in the darkest moments there's still this giddy joy of like oh my god i'm hanging out with my four favorite girls on the planet like yeah yeah i like that that's your takeaway for this i really feel like the the breakup is so heavy that it colors this whole trip like of course I really, yeah, I mean, I think that Samantha and Charlotte and Miranda are, like, having a blast. Not even really, because they're all kind of, like, honestly, Charlotte is the only one who's fucking killing it. (laughs) She is so happy. She has such a good marriage. They have sex all the time. (laughs) She's a daughter. Like, she's just, like, yeah, I don't know. Charlotte is just, like, fucking thriving, and I feel like she kind of has to, like, not talk about it, because it's, like, (laughs) such a, like shoving it in their face kind of thing. Guys, I have an opinion that I don't think anyone is going to agree with. And I think you guys are going to be mad at me for having it. Okay. I'm intrigued. You have a lot of prefaces to what you, what yeah. you're going to tell us. It, you, there's a lot. Like, there's a lot. <laughs> tell us. I don't necessarily think that what big did, if you were with someone for 10 years And they were 10 minutes late to the wedding and then immediately circled back and was like, I'm sorry, I had a, you know, I fucked up. I don't necessarily think that's the definitive end of a decade long happy relationship where somebody had a 15 minute freak out. To me, it's good for the movie, but I do not think that's an unforgivable offense that means he's 
an animal and a monster. It's the like to me, I think that's a completely forgivable. He turned right back around. He was 15 minutes late. Like, no, you're you are right. But it was the timing of her thinking he wasn't coming like she leapt to he's doing it again. Mm-hmm. left, fled, freaked out, had that in her mind, e- couldn't even hear him when he was yeah. like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I fucked yeah. up. Like, she was right. too blind with hurt from the past that, like, it, it, yeah, but but what you're saying is right. Like, on paper, not that bad. And also, not that surprising, given what he said the night before. Yeah. And she was so, like, kind of cool and calm and collective and supportive of his little flip out the night before. Yeah, I think it's just the timing and also that iconic image of like, I'm being left at the altar. He's not coming. It's like it's almost like the cinematic element is the part that's humiliating for her, even though it, you're right. It was only like 10 minutes that he he could he was reconsidering. If he came back, let, let's just play the scene differently. And he goes, no, I think it's a good point. If he was like, I'm so sorry, they're parking. Let's go in. They would have gotten married right then and there. Mm -hmm. But I do think you bring up a good point, Jamie. And it's like, there's just a part of me that's like, listen, you're absolutely right. That considering the insane ways that he had left her high and dry before, you would just be so triggered and have so much PTSD. I guess in my head, I was thinking they put 10 long years of like, it seems like if you're with somebody dedicated for a decade and you're, it just feels pretty solid, but Maybe those transgressions never really leave you down in your bones. You know, I don't think she'll ever fully. I don't think that again, I don't think anything is ever like settled with big. I think it's always at 80 percent. It'll never be a full 100 like pure trust on either side. But well, one thing I was thinking about, I think that we're missing a very small piece of writing here, which is we almost and I feel like they maybe wrote it and cut it out. But we need to really understand why Big is so freaked out Mm -hmm. by weddings. Like, what happened to him specifically? Like, was it the last relationship was, like, all for show and they had a huge wedding and it was really fucking embarrassing because they had to, like, tell all 250 of their guests that it wasn't happening anymore? Like, there needs to be just one step further of clarification for why he is so weirded out by them having a semi-traditional wedding. I don't think saying I've done this twice before is it's it's something, but it almost tells a different story. And it definitely reminds us to not trust him. Like when you hear that, you're like, oh, shit, this is like his fucking third marriage. Like it's hard. They put that in because they want you to judge him for that. Um, my, but yeah, I, my aunt has been married like three or four times, maybe four. And I think there's a lot of shame and humiliation when it's been many, many marriages. And I think if you're on your third, you don't want Vogue to be taking pictures and covering it because you're probably number one, embarrassed yourself. And number two, you're like, I hope this works out. And how embarrassing would it be if this didn't work out? And this was like a seven page spread. I just think mm-hmm. I wish they would say that. I think it needs to be more explicit. I think it's like yeah, that. It needs that. Yeah, one right. step. It needs one you're little right nugget of clarification it's almost there you can definitely connect the dots based on what they give you but you have to do the legwork of connecting the dots i think and i would appreciate one even a one sentence of exposition to really explain where big is at mentally 
because it kind of is amorphous. It's a little like, is he an asshole or is he right? Like, you know, I, I maybe that's what they did intentionally. I'm not sure. You're right, because if we just heard him say, like, listen, Carrie, I am so proud of you. I want everyone to know that I'm with yes. you. Yes. But I'm personally embarrassed that this is number three. Yes. And the way that's going to look publicly, people are going to think I'm a bozo. You're right. We would be able to get in his head more and we'd empathize and it wouldn't be like, but I think you're right that they purposely took it out so that we can demonize him because you can't demonize somebody who's like, I'm a little embarrassed. Like, And it becomes harder to make him read as a total bad guy when he does turn around like it undercuts. Yeah. He immediately knows he fucked up. It's like, it's, it's not like he goes home and then the next day it's like right then and there. But you know what the part that I think the part that's confusing me the most is when he's like, look at me, baby, look at me. Like he's in the limo and he just wants to like lock eyes with her. That is where I go. What is this? Yeah, I didn't know what that was supposed to accomplish. Like that, that's what I'm saying. It's like, we all have, we, we have all just presented ways that this could be smoothed out and fixed a little bit. But shit like that, like if we just stuck with the third marriage thing, great. That, okay, that I'll, I'll roll with that. That makes sense. Like you're saying, Rose, like we don't, we don't want that plastered all over the pages of Vogue. He's been through it before. He's nervous about commitment. Like that to me, okay, that makes sense. But then when it's like, I just want it to be you and me, it's like, is that it? Like, is that the issue? I just, it's hard. It's a hard buy for me. I'm going to venture a guess because obviously we're all just okay, hy- go, go, go. hypothesizing. Of course, of course, of course. That's the fun. Yeah, because it is a weird, like, just look at me. The only thing I yeah. can think of for that is he's sort of having like a panic attack. He's kind of yeah. having a, an anxiety spiral and she's not what's stressing him out. It's his own thoughts about what this is. And he's like, if I can just see the love of my life, I'll calm down. Just looking at her, it's like, my girl, it's fine. This isn't about this. It's about her. I think he's just yeah. having a bit like an anxiety attack. And he's mm-hmm. kind of just like trying to like shake himself out of it. Yeah, I, I like that read. I just, it would be nice if the, when he tells the driver to start driving, like I came from a more like panicked place where it's like, just drive, just yeah, drive. You're right. And you don't quite get that beat. You know what, though? This isn't defending it because you're you're both correct that like, you have to clue the audience into what's going on with the characters so that we can be invested and know what's happening. Of course. Of so, course. So I think that makes sense. But people, I remember doing a therapy session once with my dad years ago, and I was like hysterically crying and my face was red and I was just, and he was just like sitting there, like barely making noise. And I was like, how can you be so calm? I'm like hysterical. And the therapist was like, I think your dad is not calm. I think your dad extremely upset right now joel are yeah. you upset and he was like yes and but his panic attack was just like of course internal frozen. yeah so maybe that's what mr big was but obviously these are like massive extrapolations because how would i know i don't know totally no i think this is all very worth talking about also goes back to our point from last episode of like i think people people do love this movie no question but i feel like it is a little off. And these are the things that make it a little off. It's a little off. I, I we all love it, but it yeah. is a little off. It's just a, misses the mark slightly. And these are the ways it does it. Yeah, it's definitely like for me, it's coming from a place of like, I have a lot of fun watching this, but there's a lot of stuff where it's like, I don't understand the decision making here. And it's it's bumping me and it's making it a little bit tricky to just be fully engaged and have fun. Like it's a normal sex in the city experience. I agree. 
I appreciate the conversation because you guys are bringing things up that I don't think I noticed. But now that we're talking about it, it make a lot of sense to me. It's also so ugh, it's just so fun to be writers and dig into this stuff yeah. because it is a, it is a piece of it is a work of art that we all like love and appreciate. But like, yeah, these are the things that make it just kind of. They're just kind of there are moments in this movie that rub me the wrong way. And even when I watch it, I don't I'm not thinking these thoughts when I'm watching it. I'm only it. thinking yeah. them because we're talking about yes. it. But now that we're talking about it, it's actually really cathartic because this is a movie I've seen many times over the course of whatever, how many years it's been out. And yeah, it's just like it feels really nice to kind of dig in on it because I always felt this way towards it where I was like. There is just something where it's like it's not when Harry met Sally. It's not one of those movies where you're like, fuck, yes. It's like just perfect through and through. It's yeah, like, you're right. It's good. It's really good. It looks really good. I think it's great whether it's good or not. I think it's I love this movie, but I understand that there are flaws, but I I really enjoy watching this movie. Same. Yeah. Love it's it. It's very fun I mean, to watch. It's Absolutely. a blast. Yeah. No, that's the thing. It's like, but these are the things I think that separate it from like Casablanca. some other movies that are, yeah, Casablanca, yeah. but, but other movies that are in its category. Yeah, I that makes say. sense. I, I will say that something that's surprising me in the conversation we're having compared to the way we've all been talking about this show since day one is how much I'm defending big, which I never really thought uh, it I is. Would. It's very interesting. And I really like that you're taking that stance because it gives us something to think about. Like, it's very refreshing. I didn't like him on the show, but this is I actually think this is a different big. They've been together for a decade and I keep it saying it is that. a different big a decade of commitment. I think is a big deal. A, a 10 years of a solid run, I don't think is small potatoes. And considering what I'm seeing in the movie, he's painted as this like psychotic, disgusting monster. And it's not really what I'm seeing in the behavior personally. No, agreed. Well, because also I agree. The, the wedding spun out of his control. And we have the these three years that are off screen between the end of the show and now, and they've been together the whole time. Like it's the sort of thing that like, while watching the show, I definitely bumped up against them getting back together just because I was like, he was a fucking asshole to her yes. in a lot of ways. But three years where it seems like it was pretty smooth sailing, I'm like, that feels like the sort of foundation where it's like, it actually does make a lot of sense for them to get married now. And his anxieties now feel a lot more human and a lot more grounded as a result of that. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, and it's kind of, and it's kind of like, you know, people have beef with Carrie's character because she's selfish. And yes, Big should have been much more... To both of your points, he should have been more vulnerable and honest and said directly, this big of a wedding, a public media blitz wedding embarrasses me. He definitely should have said that. But he did sort of say that in so many words and she steamrolled him and did it anyway. Mm -hmm. And that is kind of selfish. Like, I know that the idea is that men don't care about weddings and women just do what they want. But I do think it wasn't very thoughtful to him. It totally. wasn't thoughtful to him, but I will say, if I were Carrie, and this is my first wedding. Yeah, you're right. And yeah. this dude, you know, I've put up with a lot. I've really done everything I can to adhere to who he is as a person, like kind of to Samantha's point, said his name many times more than I say my own. Like, there is a little bit of like, right. big, like, grow the fuck up. You're like, absolutely it's right. It's her first time. And, you know. It sounds like, I mean, now I'm like really getting into it because of my wedding brain, but I'm like 75 guests is 
not that it's big. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure that's big for a lot of people. It's not like 500 people. But it's not 500 people. And he did have a rehearsal dinner, which was like a social gathering. He was fine. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, they're already they're already in the, we- the weekend wedding affairs. I just find it to be like very selfish. I'm smiling because I'm imagining Jamie working with Big and Carrie. I know, yeah. <laughs> And this is, and you know what, Jamie, you're bringing up a really good point because I've been doing so much defending of Mr. Big, but I think your point trumps that because at the end of the day, when you love somebody, if something is a massive deal to them and it's no big deal to you, you handle it. For example, if your wife, fiance, girlfriend is more passionate about fashion than anything in the world and Vogue, her favorite magazine is saying, yeah. I want to pay for this. I want yep. your favorite designer. You're absolutely right, Jamie. It's like, this is what being in a partnership is, is, oh, the person I love is going to get an enormous amount of joy from this. So if it's not my favorite, then I go with it. Right. It's considerate. I have one tiny pushback on that, where it's just that initially the, the way the wedding got to what it got to seems to be in part because of the Vogue stuff and because of the Anthony stuff. Because at the top of the movie, Carrie has her small, like very dressed down Dress that she's like totally comfortable to go have a modest wedding with Big in. And then it becomes a whole production uh, that Carrie feels like she takes a little bit of a passive backseat in the planning of, which is just a little odd to me. Like, I I definitely. I know what you mean. Yeah. I know what you mean. I, I do think, though, like, again, I don't think it blew out of control to this huge thing that got away from them. I still feel like it was fairly modest and like. By people. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, look, that I'm not saying that's small. That's a lot of people. But, it's smaller but what than I average, I think. But, but by the time I, it's it actually at, at the library, it's up to 200. That's when he says it's a circus. Oh, it was up to 200? Yeah. I still oh. think Jamie's point reigns. I still think even if it was 500, I think Jamie wins on this one because it's like Dan Savage when he talks about being a good lover is a three mm-hmm. G's, good giving and game. And game means if something, if your partner wants you to do something in bed, that really excites them. And as long as it doesn't disgust you or repulse right. you, if you're just kind of like, ah, eh, then you're game and you do it. It's the same principle here. If your partner is gaga excited about something and you could take it or leave it, be a fucking partner and take it. Totally. Also, at what other point has he ever like made a concession backwards or made a concession yeah. for her. I like, think you're absolutely right, Jamie. And and look, yes, big, no question. The wedding is larger than you would want. You're right. Carrie, you know, at, at the beginning of this, she had, a you know, her little dinky vintage suit and it was going to be very cute and quaint. They were going to go to City Hall. But maybe she wasn't being authentic. Maybe she actually did want a big wedding. And she was like suppressing this part of her because she's always putting you first. So she was even subconsciously like just doing it again where she's like, whatever big wants, like she's kind of on his terms at all times. So it would just be nice if it's like, hey, man, I know this isn't what you wanted, but like you're going to be in Mexico tomorrow and it'll just be the two of you and you'll be on a fucking beach with no one around and you can be like the rich hermit that you want to be. You know what? I have to say, this is something that happens really rarely is people change their mind. I'm violently swinging to the other. <laughs> literally, like, like, up until this point, Rose is now dead to me. Everything I've said before, literally. Rose is dead 
to me. Literally drag drop into the trash and then empty the trash. Because I think you, Jamie, you're just bringing up too good of a point. After everything she's done for him, it's just plain selfish. It's just, and and I think you're bringing up a big issue here, Jamie, which is, I'm sorry, Skylar, I bet you're the best partner and boyfriend. This is, this is maybe like, maybe this is really unfair, but I do think women bend the fuck backwards and do so much for their men. And I think guys can be really selfish about like, I don't want to go to that one thing. I don't want to go to that store. And it's like, are you fucking kidding me? So I do think that there is a selfishness piece that Big's exhibiting that is common in the male species that is like really needs to be bred out. There's something else happening here that I want to bring up, which is something that I'm I'm realizing. Big is kind of like a behind closed doors relationship, much like Alexander was. They don't seem social with other couples. They seem like like she goes out, she comes home, he tears her clothes off. And like, you know, I think this is an opportunity for their relationship to like step out of the house Mm -hmm. for once. And he like can't do it. And I think that his kind of that kind of relationship is very isolating. He feels like someone who puts you into isolation because he is such a strong-willed, my way or the highway kind of personality. And I think she is so like doting and just like, whatever you want, whatever he needs, like, you know, it's the best sex of my life. He's so wonderful. Da, da, da. It's like, yeah, I don't know. I just want big to like be, a. I hate to say be a man. Yeah, I it's don't fine. Mean it like I understand. That. I don't mean it like that. I think, Toxic masculinity is very real, all the things. But I want him to man up in whatever sense that term, whatever weight that carries. I want him to, yeah, I want him to grow up. Like, yeah, you have to make concessions for your partner. And like, she does a lot for you. And you know, she's more social than you. Like, just suck it up and have the wedding. And then you go to Mexico tomorrow, man. Yeah, I agree. It's all good. It's all fucking good. Jamie is a damn genius. You heard it here first. No, uh, your points about Big were excellent. And if we hadn't started there, we wouldn't have landed. This was a great either. combo. So I, I, great combo. Yeah, I think we all we all learned a lot. It's really, really. It's like super important to bring up. And I'm glad that you stayed on it because I think I probably would have brushed past it. But there was so much more. There's to a lot here. here. This is why it's the best show and movie to discuss. Yeah. So agreed. the next day, Samantha and Miranda figure out a way to get Carrie's old apartment back. Charlotte, meanwhile, heads off to work out. When she's finished, she showers and accidentally swallows some water, which she's really worried about because this whole trip she's been paranoid about, you know, the water in Mexico. Yeah, just having contaminated food and water. Yes. As she heads back to the room, it's too late. The the, the poisoned water already kicks in and she shits herself in front of Carrie, Miranda and Samantha, which absolutely destroys the girls. They are laughing so hard. Carrie is busting up, which is really sweet because there's this moment before where Carrie's at dinner and she's like, will I ever laugh again? Will I ever laugh again? And then Samantha says when something's funny enough. So this was like a really, really clever scene because Yep. She's just dying laughing. And I have to say, I really hate fart shit, scatological humor, but I thought this was really funny. It was. It was perfect. Yeah, because it was like tasteful. It wasn't- it's also Charlotte. It was it's shit. like you yeah. want to see Charlotte shit her pants. Like, it's such good writing. Exactly. Later, Carrie checks her voicemail, which is absolutely full of messages from Big. She throws her phone into the ocean so she mm-hmm. doesn't have to hear it and heads back to New York. I mean, the melodrama mm-hmm. in this movie is excellent. Mm hmm. 
Okay, so once Carrie makes it back to New York City, Carrie gets to work moving back into her old apartment. As she looks at her field of boxes, she makes a call. She needs an assistant. She hires Louise, a smart and fashion-savvy woman played by Jennifer Hudson, and that's it. They're off. I They're love off to this getting character. Carrie's life together. Yeah, same. Yeah, I, I, I totally forgot Jennifer Hudson was in this movie, and she is just charm city. Yeah, she really is. Miranda, Magda, and Brady, meanwhile, get to work on finding a new place to live now that she and Steve are done. They find a charming brownstone downtown, and that is that. And Carrie hangs out with Lily at Charlotte's place. Charlotte had to run to the doctor and she comes back with big news. She's pregnant. She's not sure how, but she is. Over in L.A., Smith and Samantha have sex. Unfortunately, Samantha is distracted and Smith thinks he knows why. Her friends are all breaking up. But Samantha says that is not it. She just doesn't feel a connection to their lives in L.A. anymore. Back with Carrie, she and Louise work on organizing Carrie's life. Carrie's inbox is a damn mess. Big has been flooding it. So Carrie asks Louise to put all of his messages somewhere that she can't see them. She does not want to deal with it. And Carrie catches up with Miranda afterwards for some Halloween shopping. All right, what do they got? Witch and sexy kitten. That's it. The only two choices for women, witch and sexy kitten. Oh, you just said a mouthful That's there, so sister. Clever. Maybe I should wear this and a briefcase and go with myself. I got an email from Big. I don't know what to say. Uh, then don't send an email. What were you expecting? <laughs> Excuse me. And in the subject box, two words. I'm sorry. Ugh. <laughs> Steve is all about the I'm sorry. I'm sorry emails. I'm sorry, voicemails. I'm sorry, flowers. I'm sorry, cards. How about don't do anything to be I'm sorry for? Well, maybe he's sorry. Well, maybe so is Big. Mm -hmm. Point taken. It's going to take a little more than that to scare me after what I've been through. I still cannot believe this happened to me. I mean, I, kn I know it happened, but I just, I can't believe it happened. I lay awake at night going over every detail of that last week in my head. Carrie, there's a detail about that last week I've been meaning to tell you. At the rehearsal dinner, and then I saw it. The only thing scary enough to scare me after what I'd been through. You look great. You look amazing. So that's the worst of it. Wait, 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 wait. What, what does it say there in the editor's note? What does it say? The wedding of Carrie Bradshaw and John James Preston was canceled as this issue went to press. Bradshaw is... Bradshaw is what? <laughs> Wait, you get it. Oops. Bradshaw is still single and living in New York City. You know what I have to say? It was really, really clever of the writers of this movie or writer, Matt, Michael Patrick King, who's obviously a genius, to give Carrie and Miranda both a problem where their partners made a mistake and that they don't forgive them. You might go, oh, no, these problems are too similar. But it's really brilliant because they're in a similar situation where 
where each of them sees that the other one should forgive in a way. Mm -hmm. It's just really smart writing because the first thought I would have as a writer is, why would you give two characters such a similar thing? Their guys made a huge mistake and then they're broken up. Out of four characters, two of them are going to go through the same thing. But it really pays off later with how it gets really murky between the friendship and how these similar things end up making them look at their own situations in new ways. So I just want to give props to the writing on that because it's kind of an advanced writing thing to do, I think. It definitely feels like something that shouldn't work and it totally works here. Yeah, because later it's like, you know, as somebody who's in like a 12 step recovery program, the reason that it works is you're hearing people that go through things that you're going through and it's being on the outside and going, God, that person's being really hard on themselves. Wow. She's really judging herself harshly. Think about all she's gone through, you know? Okay. Okay. She's a little, whatever. And then you go, Oh, I'm allowed to think about that for me. And it's like, because they're in the same position, it's like, wow, she's really not forgiving him. Oh, wait a minute. I'm not forgiving him either. It's just a cool Mm. window into their own problems. Also just, this is like, kind of apropos of nothing but i do like how i like the structure of a movie that is like a proper year and Mm -hmm. you get to see like halloween and then it just like morphs into the different holidays and like you see how i don't know i think also in new york like the seasons are so distinctive and i really like that they kind of infused that into this movie like i like that we're kind of watching them like you know, in the store with the Halloween costumes and then it's Valentine's Day. It's a clever like, way I don't know. To show I just, time passing. And it's like, yeah, I really I really like that. And I think yeah. because this movie, I think this movie would kind of feel like structureless without that in a lot of ways. And I think it's like one of the things that was done right was to have that passage of time. It's also one of the reasons, though, that the movie feels long, kind of long and meandering because you're like, oh, fuck. It's like now we're in like October, like, you know, you're just like, what, like, yeah, you, you really feel like you're going on that journey with them. Yeah. I think that you're right that it's clever because it's also like, it's realistic. It's like over time, your feelings yeah. change. Carrie yeah. wouldn't totally. Be, That's Car- a great point. Carrie wouldn't be ready to forgive him immediately. And even if, right. and even if, you know, eventually she does forgive him. We also have to say like, Carrie's a socialite. She's a media person. I mean, besides the hurt feelings of what he did the absolute humiliation is i can't imagine having a really public persona and being like absolutely humiliated in front of the press in front of the fashion world in front of like every cool person i mean it just sounds like like it's one thing to be dumped or to be rejected which sucks but then to to have it be on like a national public scale It's so awful. Also, I have to say, as a lifelong brunette who really loves brown hair, I have to say she looks better as a blonde. That brown hair did her no no favors. It made her look 15 years older. Yeah, I feel like typically when people have lighter hair and then they go dark, I'm always a fan of the lighter. I don't know what that is. And I have brown hair as well. And I'm like, but when people are like blondes and they decide to go dark, I'm always like, huh. I don't know if it was the wrong shade. Is there a brown that would look stunning on her? And did they purposely make it look not stunning? Or does she just look better with blonde hair? She might just look better blonde. I, I don't think it, I think that they thought she looked fabulous. But yeah, she's just. I mean, she looks she's beautiful either way. I just prefer the blonde. Of course. Of course. Same. Um, OK, well, 
that brings us to the end of this portion of the movie discussion. Um, Cause we are still talking about it. We're not done. It's a long ass movie. So we're making this a multi episode event. Um, anyways, uh, that brings us to our final segment. I'm horny for sex in the city is obviously a very horny show. So we end each episode by sharing what we are currently horny for Rose. What are you horny for right now? I'm horny for two things. Um, please remind me if I said this last week. Did I talk about the show Veneno or not? No. No. Okay. Um, so as everybody knows who knows me, I exclusively <laughs> watch Top Chef, which I think has become a problem, especially as a writer. I'm like, okay, I need to watch some shows that are written. And I think um the pandemic, even though we're coming out of it, was just so heavy duty that I just really needed to watch something that was like easy breezy no drama so i decided to watch a show that i had heard was good called veneno on netflix it is a drama in spanish with english subtitles when i first clicked on the show it was dubbed mm-hmm. in english which really irritated me i was like ew what is this cuz the actors are moving their lips and it's like not synced so if you watch veneno make sure to choose the option of it's in spanish with english subtitles cuz the dubbing to me looks insane It is uh, based on a true story of a trans icon in Spain. It is some of the most incredible storytelling. The acting is out of control. It's mesmerizing. It's captivating. Mm. I don't understand why it's not like a massive international sensation. Where? Um, Wait, where are you? Where do you watch Netflix? Veneno. Oh, shit. Definitely. Definitely watch this. It's just really like every writer should watch it. Every actor should watch it. It's just really high end storytelling. Mm, And then the only other thing that is totally different um, is Meg Salter has a new video about Bill Gates. Oh my God. Obsessed. That was going to be my horny for. Oh, I'm so sorry. (laughs) No, I'm so glad you're bringing it up. In fact, we'll just go ahead. My horny for is what Rose is about to talk about. Well, I mean, I'm sure Jamie and I have both many, many times uh, shouted out Meg Stalter, but it's the kind of like writing, like she's obviously such a good comedy writer where everything she says is so funny. And she said this one line about like, yeah, my, like I broke up with my ex-boyfriend Glench. She calls him Glench. And it's just like, I've never heard a funnier made up name than Glench. Um, yeah, it just ended with Glench. And it's I don't also know. her acting is so I, she I does this thing where like she's like kind of she doesn't like finish thoughts sometimes or <laughs> she does like she completes the thought but like she's kind of like not like her acting is making the choice of not being behind what she's saying yeah, yeah. so she's like deliberately doesn't have conviction <laughs> and it is the fucking funniest choice to make because it's clearly a choice. It's not like she's doing it accidentally. It's the reason it's so funny. But yeah, you really see someone kind of like breaking while they're like breaking down as a human being, <laughs> like in all of her characters. It's just so it's so funny. Anyways. Yeah. Glad you shouted her out again. Cause yeah, that Bill Gates video is chef's kiss. Woo! Okay guys. Well, it's great to see you on real. I have to say, I am having a B-L-A-S-T exclamation point Me talking about too. these movies. Oh, same. It's been great. And I can't wait to dig in more next week. More Ooh. Sex in the City movie coming at you. 
Okay, thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Love ya. Thanks for listening to Couldn't Help a Wonder. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at chbwpod. And follow my co-host, Rose Cerno, on Insta and Twitter at Rose Cerno. And please follow my co-host, Jamie, at ReallyJamieLee on Instagram and at TheJamieLee on Twitter. And please rate, review, subscribe to our show on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. If you're nasty, it helps us. It helps you. It helps everyone. You're nasty. Bye. Bye. Forever. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Joe Cilio, Alex Ramsey, and Brett Boehm. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcast.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.